Tonight, if you're if you're here for the first time, um, glad you're here. Uh, if you're here for the first time, it means that you weren't here last week. And uh, and that's that's totally fine because tonight is going to kind of be like a Venn diagram uh, where there is a lot of overlap between last week and this week. So if you weren't here, I feel like you'll. I think I think you'll be fine. Uh, if you were here, uh, I don't think that you'll be bored because uh, there's enough not in the overlap as well. Um, so, uh, but it all kind of centered around um, my experience as a high school athlete. Uh, which uh, so here's a little backstory. Uh, ninth and tenth grade, I played on the basketball team at school, freshman ball and then JV ball. Um, and then I didn't play my 11th and 12th grade year, and I won't get into why, but basically I didn't think that I could take uh, the Rudy chant starting uh, every time I went in as a junior. So uh, figure that out on your own. Um, but so ninth grade, uh, I make the team. And we practiced for a while and stuff. And they're just, uh, eventually you start playing game, like you start playing other teams, actual games. And, uh, so the first couple of games, like I didn't, I didn't play, uh, which, which is fine. I wasn't expecting to play. Uh, I, I knew where I stacked up and so I was fine with that. Um, and I, but I hadn't, hadn't reached the point that I talked about last week. Okay. Uh, which I'll explain in a second. I hadn't gotten to that point yet. So I was not playing, but I wanted to play. And, uh, so, a couple of games in the season, finally, like, I think we were just getting thumped. Because that's only, I only went in if we were, like, killing somebody or being killed. I'm pretty sure we were losing, uh, because of where this story is about to go. Uh, so, um, there's a couple minutes left in the game. Coach calls out three names to go in. Uh, none of those names were mine. Uh, but that's because he was calling me Jason. And that is not my name. Uh, and so, uh, so he keeps yelling for Jason. There's not a Jason on our team. Because I'm Jason, and so, so I, Jason goes and checks in and go into the game, and and there was a little bit of that uh, that understanding in my mind that like okay I haven't had a, you know haven't had an opportunity yet to show coach uh, what I was made of. So as I'm going, and I remember this even though it was a long time ago. I remember like kind of that like all right rabbit, this is your one shot. Like don't don't blow it. And so uh, so I'm going into the game, and. Uh, it just so happened that uh, we ran this 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 play that uh, if you if you do the play right, uh, I was supposed to come off this screen and I would get the ball and I would in theory be open. If I was open, I would happen to be in the one in like my high percentage part of the of the court, which was not a very high percentage, but it was the highest for me. And so it was in this one sweet spot that like my chances were very good of making the shot from there compared to other places. And so. Um, for, somehow I come off the screen and for the like first time, it never worked in practice because everybody knew whatever and it didn't work on the, previously in the game because it was all starters and stuff. So now it was our scrubs against their scrubs and their scrubs hadn't been paying attention either that I was to come off this and there would be this open shot. So I come off open shot 
And, and I, I was open. I was wide, I was wide open. And, and so as, as I'm going into the air, uh, there's someone else going into the air who was also trying to prove to his coach that he had been overlooked. And so I go in the air, but I don't see him at first. And then he accelerates very quickly. So now he's much higher in the air than I am. And, and I'm not sure, I can't verify this, but I'm pretty sure he had this look on his face that was basically saying, thanks. Because he not, the ball was not even, I don't think, that much past my fingertips when he blocked the shot. But he didn't just block the shot. Uh, he like power, like volleyball, like power spiked the ball. But instead of it going down, it went like up and into the like bleachers, like at the very top. And we had to wait for somebody's mom to like crawl all the way up to the top to get the ball so that the game could keep going. Uh, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. And so for the next like, I don't know, three and a half minutes, um, it's like scrubs on scrubs and everybody's trying to prove themselves. And I was not ready for this because, uh, I did not realize that this was like Gladiator, and it was like, you know, live together, die alone. And so, like, everybody's like, just like, everybody's going crazy, uh, or at least that's how it seemed. So I come out of the game, and I'm like, I'm like bleeding, you know? Like, people, I had been like, it was just the craziest thing in the world to me. And I was like, they took that way too seriously. Um, and that's the way, every time I would go in a game, it was that way. And, and, it just didn't, it just, it just wasn't me. Like I didn't, I didn't have that same, that same drive. And, and so I really was, was, uh, this week I was trying to think, okay, what, what was it that changed? Cause like I told you last week, there came a point where, um, where the, I just liked being on the team. Like that was my, my, my primary motivation was I liked being on the team. Uh, and so I started thinking like, what made me even try out in the first place? And, uh, and, and here's what it was is that I had played basketball my entire life up to that point and I I enjoyed it that's why I tried out like I enjoyed playing basketball and so I played bitty basketball I was on a team called the Goldbusters and then and our our cheer was literally who are you going to call Goldbusters uh as a true as a true story uh, my parents can verify that uh we were the Goldbusters and then in middle school um in PE like basketball was our reward and soccer was our punishment and so we were really good all the time, so we got, we played, and I enjoyed that. Our youth group, uh, at our church, we had a gym, and that's what our youth group did. We played basketball for a while, and then they'd make us stop, and make us have a Bible study, and then we'd go back to playing basketball. And, and I just, I enjoyed the sport, and so that's why I tried out. And so now here I am on this team, and I'm not enjoying the sport anymore. Like I, like I said last week, I just wanted to be on the team, but I didn't necessarily want to go into the games and play. I was fine not playing. Because every time I went in, I got killed, like I, I just, and I hated it, and I was, it was embarrassing. But more than that, it just, it wasn't the basketball that I that I enjoyed playing so much. Like something shifted, and so I just, I, I just, I, I kind of went into that mode, like I said last time. Of, uh, I, I'm just, I'm on the team, so I'm just not gonna get kicked off the team. I'm gonna work hard in practice, but not too hard, you know. I'm, I'm not gonna work outside of practice. I'm not, it just wasn't one of those things. As long as I, I just like being on the team, and that's all that, that really mattered. But but I stopped loving the sport, you know. I stopped enjoying it, and I think that uh, that there's like a, kind of a similar attitude sometimes in our faith, where um, 
where we like being a part of, of churches. We like, we like what we do. We like community group. We like coming, stuff like this. Uh, we even like, you know, we'll put me on the child care rotation. That's cool. Let's go do breakfast on a levee. That's awesome. Let's go on a, let's go on a mission trip. Let's, I'll drive and do whatever. I'll help set up teams. I'll do whatever. Um, and we lose sight of the fact that every one of those things is supposed to be uh, coming from this place of, of just love for the Lord. I mean, that's the that's the baseline. That's the that's that's the point from which all those things are supposed to spring. Um, but it's so easy to just do all those things because because that's what you do on a Monday night is you go to community group. That's what you do on a Sunday is you you go to church. That's what. They're just kind of, and because we like those things and those things are all good, um, it's real easy to forget why why we do them, where that's coming from, um, where that's rooted. And so we're going to look tonight at just just the the most simple uh, foundational concept from scriptures, which is to just love the Lord. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app or whatever, go to Ephesians chapter five. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get there eventually. Um, but here's the here's the the bottom line, like kind of what we're going for is just that this comes down just to loving Jesus, just that simply. That if if someone were to say explain Christianity Christianity in two words, those would be two pretty good words that you could use. Um, to love the Lord your God. Um, we're gonna throw up uh, from Matthew. Here's here's Jesus who's who's quoting uh, quoting from Deuteronomy six. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Right? So, he's quoting Deuteronomy 6. And so, this is from, uh, this is a part of the Shema. This is the, this is daily prayer and devotion for, uh, for the Jewish faith. Um, Jesus, Jesus is saying, like, that's, that's correct. That's the most important thing in, in all of life. If you wanna, if you wanna know what's the, what are you commanding us to do? What's, if you had to narrow it down and say, what's the bottom line? He's saying, love God. Love God holistically. Love God with everything that you have. He goes on to say that, that all of the law and the prophets hang on this. Basically saying uh, that, that every, when you get this right, everything else falls in its right place. Everything that we do is, is, is good and it all makes sense and it's in the right order. And it hangs on it, literally like a like a nail in a wall that you're hanging the rest of your life on. Like this is the right place to start. This is if you go to go back to the basketball thing. That's what I had I had lost a love for that game, and it had just been about being on the team. And so much of what I what I didn't like about being on the team was the fact that I was I didn't like the game, and I was missing the fact that being on that team, like the most fundamental idea for being on a basketball team. At that, especially like in a school situation, that comes down to you've got to love that game. If you don't, you're missing out on on the number one, like the baseline, the most like the most foundational truth that there is. And it's the same thing for us. We can be a part of of all. There's so many great churches in this area, and and we can be a part of this this one or another one or whatever. And if we're just involved and we're just doing things and doing things and doing things, but this is not where that's coming from. They were missing out on what it means to be a part of the church. We're we're hanging our lives on the wrong thing. We're hanging our lives on something that is as self-centered instead of being God-centered. And so I, I really started to to think, okay, 
Um, all right, so love God, love God, love God. Love, love Jesus, because uh, God is revealed through, through Jesus Christ. God is revealed through creation. God is revealed uh, through uh, ultimately in heaven. Um, and so, so kind of thinking along those lines, um, if that's what we're going for, okay, loving Jesus, then how do you, how do you do that? Because it preaches so well, you know, and it'd be so easy to be like, so if you don't love him, you need to love him. You need to love him more. Okay, I'll love him more. You know? What, like you flip that switch? What do you do to, what do you do to love, to love God more? How, what does that, how does that work? And so I was thinking about how it works in relationships, and not, not that we should project everything about earthly relationships onto God, but I, but I do think that, that sometimes it's, it's helpful to think in those, in those terms of kind of breaking down relationship dynamics, and then once you have those breaking down, breaking down, broken down, uh, once you have those broken down, then, then you kind of think, okay, so how is, how is this similar and how is it different in relating to God? And so in human relationships, to, to love someone, uh, there are lots of ways to explain it, and I don't know, I just, this made sense to me as I was praying through all this, uh, is that you, like you see someone and, and you like what you see. So you respond by typically spending more time with them, right? So that's like, that's when you like someone. And not in like a dating, not like that. Just like, just friends in general, where you're like, this person seems pretty cool. And so you see them and you're like, you like what you see? So you respond and you want to spend more time with them. You spend more time with them and then you get to start to see more about them. And then you keep liking what you see. And so that's the, ba- that's like, like a, a basic, like how relationships evolve in, in my simple mind. Is you like what you see? So you respond by continuing to hang out with them or whatever. What, what shifts with love, I, I think, is, is this. Um, first of all, uh, as far as like what you see, you start to see everything. Like you see Jekyll and Hyde. And all you married people know what I'm talking about. You remember the first couple of times when the, when it, when it, it stopped being like the honeymoon phase of dating kind of ended, and you're like, whoa, okay. Didn't see that side of you yet. Hadn't seen that part of your personality yet. Hadn't seen, um, hadn't seen that. And so, so you start to see a more true representation of the person, right? And so then, maybe you like what you see, maybe you don't like what you see, you still respond by spending more time with them. And that's kind of the cycle that happens, is that as you start to see a more true picture of who this person is, regardless of if you like what you see or you don't like what you see, you're still responding by wanting the best for them, by wanting, by, by putting them first, by wanting, by loving them in that agape sense, that, that just being generous and being selfless with your love. And that's why a lot of times relationships don't work out is because you start to see somebody's true colors and you're like, I don't like what I see. So my response is not going to be to continue to spend time with that person. It's going to be to withdraw from that person. And that's when friendships or dating relationships or whatever a lot of times don't work out. But married people, you guys are like, I don't jekyll or hide. I'm still loving my spouse. It doesn't matter. So... So if, if that's kind of a very strange way of breaking down human relationships, how does, how does that work in relation to God, you know? 
I, th- I think there are some similarities, but there are also some differences. Similar in the sense that, uh, just like with people, you, sh- you start to see who they really are. We start to see who he really is. Except there, there's, there's only one side of him. You know, he's not, he's not hiding this dark side. He's not, he doesn't like have a bad day and like just lose it or whatever. Uh, there aren't these things that he's like keeping from us or whatever. Like he's, he's revealed what he wants to reveal. And everything that he's revealed is good and holy and perfect. And so we see him for who he is. And we see that truth. And we respond to it. And when we see him for who he is, our response is that we love him. When you love someone, your desire is to be with them and to know more about them. And there's this draw that's there. And so we're drawn in. And we're drawn in, we find out more about him and we love him more. And we respond by drawing closer. And we find out more and we respond by drawing closer. That's why last school year was, it was such a like sovereignly put together thing because we went through the good and beautiful God and we broke down all these like false ideas that we have about God and looked at the truth as Jesus revealed. And then in the spring, we started going through all these attributes of God, all these characteristics about Him. And, and I just remember people coming away and be like, I love Jesus every time I walk out of this group more and more and more and more. Because, you know why? Because we're seeing Him for who He really is. You're seeing that truth about Him. And so He reveals truth and we respond to it by loving him. That's, that's how things work. I sent you to, to Ephesians 5. Look at, look at verse, uh, 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay? So that's, I mean, that's like read at weddings, uh, used in marriage counseling. We talk about this in all of our married discipleship groups. Uh, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. But the, really, the, that's just the, the first half of the big idea that's being communicated here. That's not like he loved her so much he was willing to die for her. Um, that's true, but that's not all that it says because if you look at the next part, this is where the meat really comes in. That he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the Word, so that He might present the church to Himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. That's how Jesus loved the church. He, Yes, He was willing to die, but the end game for Him was, I want to die so that these people can be holy. He was all about our holiness. That's how He loves us. So that He could present His bride to Himself without blemish. Holy. No wrinkles. No issues. No sin separate from sin, devoted to His glory. That's how He loves us. That's how He loves you, me. That's how He loves the world. 
So here's this verse that allows us to see the true colors of God. Willing to die so that we could be holy. We who were the carriers of sin. We who, who were the ones who were enemies of Him. Rebellious and completely throwing in His face all, all of the grace and love that, that He created us with. We were the ones. We were the strangers. He said, I'll die so that you can be holy. Now what's your, what's your honest just initial response to that? Don't you love that? I mean, doesn't that just, just blow your mind when it comes to the love that God has for us? How it's unconditional? How it's, like Tim Keller says, it's counter-conditional. So I, love, I love you enough to die so that you can be holy. I, I'll endure the cross so that you can live forever in holiness. That's, that's how we love God. We see Him for who He is, and we just let ourselves respond to that. And it doesn't mean that we have to well up with tears. I know sometimes guys are real like, I don't understand this loving God thing or whatever. It seems like it doesn't have to be touchy-feely. It doesn't have to be super emotional or, or anything like that. But like, don't you just love that? I mean, that, that should get us amped. Because it's so difficult to be a self-centered jerk when you read stuff like that, isn't it? You can't live for yourself. You can't love yourself more than you love your neck. You can't do that when you see what He's done. This, this makes us want to go and serve. And, and th- this should be the basis for all the, like, all the things that we do. This should be why we are in a community group. Because we love this God. That's a part of our response. Is I, if, I, like, I want to learn more about Him. I want to hear what He has to say to me through the Word and through the lives that are, uh, through the lives that are around me. That's why I want to serve in the nursery is I want to help care for these kids who are hopefully going to grow up with this kind of truth. But also I want to serve the parents so that they can, can be in here. And I want, want to be a part of a rotation that keeps that happening. That's why we go down to the levee and let people know, like, you, do you realize how valuable you are to God? He died so that you could be holy. That's why we're connected in India. That's why we're connected in Mexico. That's why we do everything that we do. And you go outside of these walls, and that's why we go to work and we love the people in the cubicle next to us. And that's why we love our bosses and we love people who come through and clean afterwards. That's why we do that. That's why we love our neighbors. That's why we uh, love those who don't like us back. It all comes from this stuff. We say that if that's how Jesus feels about me, and that's how Jesus feels about us, people need to know that. That's why, that's why he said everything hangs on this. Everything hangs on love. And so last week we looked at Acts two forty two. So let's let's look at, let's look at that real quick. Here we have the the uh, apostles. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. All right, to the Bible, to the church, to the cross, to their like own personal prayer lives. All right, they devoted themselves to those things. That that wasn't this 
game plan. That wasn't like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to grow this church and build this really big building and start to do all this stuff and let's create a name for ourselves and all this kind of stuff. And let's, let's come up with a logo and a website and let's brand ourselves and let's make sure that like people in our city know who we are. That's not, that's not what they were doing. This comes from a love of God and a desire to love Him more. Because think about it. If, if, we're, if we're wanting to, to know more of who Jesus is, let's, let's think about these four environments where that happens. The Bible, cover to cover, reveals the character of God. And every time we're in it, no matter where, where we are, I know there are some parts that are incredibly dry at first. You're like, what in the world? Why am I reading this? It all connects to the bigger picture. Cover to cover, God's revealing who He is. Okay, so we love Him there. To the, to the church, to the fellowship, so much we learn from one another. So much uh, we learn about God's redemptive power uh, as we learn each other's stories and we realize where people have come from and all the things that people go through. Uh, how we serve one another, we take care of one another, and we try to be as generous as we can. And we, we give back there at the giving station, uh, and so that money goes and helps meet, meet, helps to meet needs within our church and then around and then all the way across the other side of the world. Um, we, we do that together, and we learn about the goodness of God from that. Uh, a devotion to the cross, just recognizing that we, just, we live by grace. It's just grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. That none of these things we're doing to try and earn His favor. That that we don't devote ourselves to the Bible. So like, look at me, God, I'm having quiet time, so help me not get a flat tire today. That's not why we do things. It's not about earning any of that stuff. That the cross is completed. That your identity is not found in anything other than Christ in you, the hope of glory. Devote yourself to to prayer, to just that abiding, just that I, I need you. I, I'm the branch, you're the trunk of the tree. I need your, I need you to soak up all your goodness and, and like filter that into me and produce fruit in my life. I need you to do that. I need you to guide me. I need you to, to show me. I need you to lead me in paths of righteousness for your namesake. I need, I need that. All of those things, we devote ourselves to those things because that's how we know the Lord. They are not the end. They are a means to an end. And that end is Jesus. And so, so look at this, this last thing that, that might help, help us kind of put all this together. So, so we love Him because He loved us first. So we devote ourselves to Him. And as we devote ourselves to, to, to those things, and there are more things, that's not an exhaustive list of like, do these four steps and you'll... You'll find the Lord. It's not that at all. It's like when you love Him and you want to know more about Him, here's, here are four contexts where you can do that. And there are more. But here are four killer ways to start uh, in the Scriptures and in community and focusing on the cross and by praying. So we devote ourselves to those things. And that produces a love for us that makes us want to devote ourselves more. That produces more love. And it just goes like this over and over and over and over. That's, that's life for us. That's how you love God. We're not trying to, to create some set of rules and try to get people to, to like mechanically function in some certain way so that we'd never have any trouble. We're, we're trying to help each other fall in love with Jesus more and more and more and more and more and more. That's why we do what we do. That's why we do things in the way that we do things. That's why we, that's why we set up community groups and that's why we've done childcare this way. 
That's why the levy looks like it does. And while all these, like any example I go through, any ministry team, other things we do, this is, this is our end game. It's loving Him. Knowing Him. It all comes down to the fact that when we see Him for who He is, it evokes something natural in us because that's how He put us together. Says, when you see me for who I am, you can't help but love me. And when you love me, you, you seek out those ways to know me more and to be with me more and to learn more about me. And this cycle that's right up here on the screen, it just rolls and rolls and rolls. And this, this is worship. This is a life of worship. That's not just when the songs are going on in here. This, that's worship all, all the time, everywhere you go. And this is the kind of worship that produces holiness. This is how life change happens. This is how we don't get into ruts. And this is how we, we stop hanging our lives on the wrong pegs on the wall. And we don't end up like I was in ninth grade, being a part of some team, but the whole time hating what the entire team was about. And so I'm not here tonight, and I don't feel like what the Lord has for us tonight is some sort of this big like guilt, like, admit it, you don't love Jesus. I, think that's, I don't think that's how God works at all. I think, I think God wants us to see this as a, as a model from Scripture. And say, hey, th- this is my will for your life. I laid down my life that you could be holy. And this is, this is sanctification. Like This is how we mature and how we grow. And this is how He makes us more and more holy every day. He's like, just see me for who I am. And devote yourself to the things that are going to help you see me more and more and more and more. It's, it's so simple. I, I hate how complicated we've made Christianity and our faith. It's really, it's, it's, it goes back to that one thing. Just love Him. Everything falls into place. So I don't know, I, I don't know where this, where this hits you, you know. Um, I don't want you to feel bad. Because I don't think God wants you to feel bad. This isn't meant to produce guilt, but there may be some conviction that comes. You might be sitting here saying, like, yeah, I've I've been I've been doing I've been doing stuff, but it's not that stuff. But I've been doing other stuff. Just because it's what I do, just because it's it's these are my friends and this is what we have going on. And maybe you have lost sight of that. In Revelation two and the letters to the churches, so Jesus told the church at Ephesus, He said, hey, you guys are getting some things right, but you're missing something really important. You, you, you forgot about your first love. He says, you need to fix that. If you don't fix it, um, basically it means that you're not really a church. Because that's what makes a church a church, is a love for Jesus. To know Him and to love Him. And so, if, if this produces some conviction in you, just know this, that you don't, you don't have to go get your ducks in a row before this cycle can pick up. There's no lag time between conviction and obedience. It's, it's right away. That you can, right now, deal with this with the Lord. But here's, here's, um, here's, here's what I would say. Whether you're feeling convicted or just kind of pushed 
or whether God's just affirming you and saying, like, don't you, like, that's, that looks like your life. That looks like where you've been lately. You know, I don't know. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about in community groups this week is like, okay, in, in these, in this kind of stuff, how are you encouraged and how are you challenged and how, how are you feeling kind of convicted and how can we pray for each other? Because this right here, you're not in this alone. We are not in this alone. We are in this together. And that's why, honestly, that's why I want people coming in our doors and getting in our community groups is because like none of us were made to go through this by ourselves. He put us together and empowered us with His Spirit so that this cycle could just roll and roll and roll. And so, if the more we do this, the more, the more we look like the bride that He died for and the more we're a part of a church that we can be proud of. And so, so here's, here's, I think, the, the, the landing point for us. Um, we need to see Him for who He is. That's where you start. I want to see you for who you are. And you let yourself respond to it. Alright? Let me pray for us. The band's going to come. God, um, I, I'm honestly just, just always blown away that you, that you let us know anything about you. Because we, because uh, we don't, we definitely don't deserve it. I think we greatly underestimate uh, just how separate we were from you because of sin, and yet that is not what is important to you. It's not what drives you. What drives you is love. There's love for us, and there's love for, um, for your name, for your glory. So help us to see you for who you are tonight. And just let it just start there in that one simple place. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's stand up. Here's... Here's sort of the, what our time together will look like for the next few minutes. Um, we're going to do this song that I think, personally, tells the, tells the whole story very well. Um, to look, at, it covers all these different ways that God has revealed himself to us. Um, and so as the story progresses, let's just, let's just let him uh, do his thing. Let's not worry about what, what's happening after this tonight or where anybody's going to eat or anything like that. Let's just let that revelation happen among us uh, tonight and just respond by singing or whatever uh, within reason. And so let's just let him, let him uh, do his thing.